Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Kumar. Welcome to another episode of Mark Kumar Podcast Show, in which in these shows, I bring out an expert every single time who helps you get your business to the next level. Today, we have Marco who's going to share amazing and a super powerful, valuable tips with you that's going to help you take your business to, your, to the next level. Marco, please take your time, introduce yourself to my audience. Hey, Mark, it's really a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much. And to those of you who are listening, if you're thinking about starting a business, my advice to you is do it. There's no better time. Right now, we are experiencing a once-in-a-lifetime kind of uh, series of events that, if nothing else, should convince you that no one is looking out for you economically. Everyone needs to go and develop entrepreneurial skills, which are really skills of looking at the world around you and looking for opportunities to turn those into small businesses. So I want to tell you a little bit about myself and the innovative new company that I've created to help people do just that, start and grow businesses from zero to 60. You may not have any business experience whatsoever, but our new platform in BizWorks is designed to help people just like you start and grow successful businesses. So uh, shall I give you a little bit of background about how we started in business? Yeah, absolutely. Tell, tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to the point where you are. Just a brief introduction, I'm sure. It's a long story, but just try to keep it short because we only have a little bit of time. So if you can keep a small introduction and then we can go right into your sure. company and then how people can actually use that company to help their business. You bet. Well, short bio on me. Um, I started my professional life when I ditched high school and ran away and joined the circus. Um, I learned uh, tightrope walking and fire reading, and those were great preparations for later in life. I started my first software company in Palo Alto. Um, we focused on a very small niche, serving HR um, and providing a user-friendly front end to PeopleSoft implementations. That business was called Three Ring Media. And it was very successful. I sold a part of it off and I started raising money for another startup that was called eWork. But we were way too early in the game and um, the Silicon Valley bubble burst. But I still uh, had the experience of raising money on Sand Hill Road and successfully uh, making my way through talking to venture capitalists and getting my feet wet um, with software development and application creation. Um, fast forward a few years, and I end up in Taos, New Mexico. And along the way, I've done consulting contracts for the like of AT&T, the main department of education, Exxon, a couple of other large companies, and also some neat small companies, too. I once worked on a sort of like Airbnb for private aircraft. That was super cool. Um, but uh, in moving to rural New Mexico, I discovered that there's a lot of super talented people living here in a rural area and they had no business skills whatsoever. In fact, it was really hard for people to earn a living, living in a rural area, and that started my mind thinking, hey, if there's some way to help upskill people who have talent, but teach them basic business skills while they're building a business, hey, that would really help, um, really, um, that would help people join the economy in a new way and become entrepreneurs. So I started to code, and then I remembered don't build something unless you really understand your customer first. If there's one thing that every entrepreneur needs to know is that the customer comes first. 
if you don't find your customers, you ain't going to have a business. So I decided that what I would do is I heard about a job with the SBDC. And so I took this job. It's kind of like a low level job as a business advisor, but I got a chance to work every day with small business people, helping them start and grow businesses. And I did that for two years, collecting all kinds of valuable information about what works to help people start and grow businesses. And then I quit my job and I spent 10 months building in BizWorks. It's now um, in what you call uh, its MVP stage or prototype stage, but it's being used by people to start and grow businesses. So it's actually working while we are going through the process of actually growing the business of our business. Along the way, um, I picked up two co-founders. Um, each person, uh, Sierra Duran and Marcia Swain, both have deep backgrounds in helping entrepreneurs start and grow businesses too. Sierra is an accountant, Marcia is a lawyer, I'm the developer. We've got a really strong team. Awesome. I have like so many questions. I'm sure people are going to listen to it. They're going to have so many questions. So I'm going to ask them on behalf of themselves. And first of all, let's go back to your software company that you started. How did you come up with an idea like, hey, I want to start a software company? Because especially nowadays, that's a great great way to get your business because everything is obviously computerized everywhere it's been that way for a while but software company is the only one that i know anything anything related to digital is a lot more profitable so when you were thinking of running creating a software company what was your process of like hey i want to get this particular software like i think you say people software is the one that you were going after <laughs> it was completely by accident Okay. <laughs> I started in one direction and that didn't work and I pivoted. When I started my software company, my idea was to make um, games and um, uh, interactive educational material. And we did that, um, but it turned out to be incredibly time consuming. Um, the margins were terrible. Um, and uh, we were in, um, we were in a, a, a Silicon Valley company that I can't name, but it's a large, big company where we're trying to pitch our business. And I overheard this HR person say, God, I hate this HR software. It's like, nobody understands how to use it. You have to practically read a manual to just like, you know, do something basic, like sign up for your 401k plan. And my partner and I at the time uh, went back to our office and we were like, hmm, that sounds like an off, you know, an opportunity. And so we did some research into it. And then uh, you know, lo and behold, another company that we've been pitching um, didn't like what we pitched in terms of an interactive um, uh, software title. But when we said, well, what if we were to go and say, make it easier for people to onboard in your company? What if we were to like concentrate on making that experience more fun and game-like? And they said, you could? And we said, sure. And that was the beginning of going into the human resources niche, a niche I would have never chosen um, because it seemed really boring at the time, but it's actually quite lucrative. And what we ended up doing was something pretty cool where we created this um, front end to an HR system that was like a game. And so when you're new at the company, you come in and you sit down and you play this game. It was called the Company Guide, and it was like an adventure game. And as you walked your way through it, you'd sign up for, you know, different materials, you'd uh, view the mission statement, you'd um, sign up for your 401k plan, you do all these things, 
that normally people would do in a dry and you know un, uh, unfriendly way. And this became very popular, and um, that was the, the beginning of starting that whole side of the business. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I, I think I have seen one of those things where, like, before it was like you feel a lot of paperwork. It's kind of boring. You go sit on the tape, and you watch the tape, and it's extremely boring. But I, lately, I have been seeing, like, where people get interactive. Like, hey, they play the music, and then you, like, actually, it's like you're watching a movie, which is pretty cool, you know. I think right. those, those things are pretty entertaining. Like I think now people actually pay attention and number one, number two, they actually get to learn the material that's being taught rather than like, I'm falling asleep kind of thing. <laughs> well, you know, um, classroom education is very expensive and it's not as effective as immersive education. For example, um, nowadays, instead of going to get a computer science degree, very often people get their chops if they want to be a coder by going to a coding boot camp. And in that situation, what you're doing is you're actually learning while you're building. And in the professional services world, we call that learn while you earn. And this is a much more effective way for people to acquire new skills because they're motivated by actually building something or doing something that's actually going to earn them money. And, um, you know, I don't want to put down classroom education. In fact, I'm a reformed high school teacher. I loved teaching high school. But when it comes to skill development, um, particularly when you're talking about um, things that uh, have very concrete uses, uh, there's no doubt that uh, the right kind of interactive education is far more effective than classroom learning. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my own opinion about the whole educational system because when I was going to college, I mean, my schooling days, whatever, it's like I was at times way ahead of it. I wanted to go further, but the teacher's like, no, 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 no. You got to wait until you get to the next class. So I feel like sometimes people who are a lot more brighter, they get the shooter on the stick and they can move ahead faster because you know like but you gotta wait for the next class you gotta wait for the next semester kind of thing but that's just my own two cents on it the whole well you know uh, when i was in silicon valley one of the things that blew my mind was that i met all kinds of talented people who were also high school dropouts like me um you know and very often whether you had a college degree or not didn't matter compared to what you could code and what you could build and what you could create now i ended up actually going to college myself i talked my way into columbia university and that's a story into itself, but I actually got a really great college education and that I loved that place. Columbia University is a wonderful, cool place where I was like a kid in a candy store. I learned all kinds of amazing things. But getting back to your point, um, classroom education, um, it has limited uh, effect for a large number of people and a lot of people fall through the cracks. And the truth of the matter is you get into a, a work situation like in entertainment or in uh, digital media, what matters is what you can do, not where you got your degree. Yes, definitely. I couldn't agree anymore with you. It's like, especially in the, in the technology world or the web development world, there's so many different world uh, titles out there for it. You know, I like the way you put it, you learn and then you earn. That's the best way to do it. And people don't care, especially nowadays, uh, a lot of business people, small business owners, they don't care if you have a degree or not. The only thing they really care about is can you do the thing that I want? If you can do it, I don't care if you're high school education or you have a junior high school. They don't care. Like That's right. the wonderful thing about that thing. Yep, it's called a meritocracy. And it drives people who work in corporations crazy because they want you to go through the whole hierarchy 
that's the absolute antithesis to entrepreneurial thinking. You know, Absolutely. a lot of people think that entrepreneurs and small business people are exactly the same type of things. You know, I'm just creating a small business, but it's not true. Let me give you an example. Okay. When I worked at the SBDC, out of the hundreds of people that came in with an idea to start like, you know, well, can, can I ask you or, real quick, what is this uh, SBC? See, oh, I think that's because people who may people who may not know what that is, I'm like I don't know what that sure. means. Yeah, the SBDC, Small mm -hmm. Business Development Centers. Okay? okay, that's a national organization. There's SBDC offices all over the country, okay. and uh, they essentially provide free business advising. So you can walk in there and ask business questions. And um, it's a super cool organization that, like I said, is for free. Uh, it used to be sort of like a subsidiary of the SBA and its you know, small business administration. Um, and they still are closely linked, but they're independent now. And like I said, um, there are SBDC offices in every major city and in lots of small towns. Oftentimes, they're located on college campuses. So that's okay. where I worked for two years to get the experience to do my uh, InBizWorks platform. Yeah, I mean, that's a like a gold mine place, especially if you want to know the truth and the actual business problems that people are having. Like, like that's the best place to work at. And you had the golden opportunity to work there. And then just, can you share some of the things that some people, when they came to you and trying to ask for help, what are some of the things that were asking for help? Oh, for sure. Um, that was what I was really listening for was what do people need? What are their, what's difficult for them? What are their hopes and dreams? So the most common thing that people would ask for is just tell me what I need to do when. Help me structure this experience. It seems so overwhelming to start a business and it can be like any other complicated process, like having a kid, you know, it's like it really helps if there's a game plan where you can sort of organize things into chunks and you do the right thing at the right time and you don't waste time and money. And of course, time and money are the two resources that every small business person has to watch carefully unless you know, you're wealthy and you don't really have to. It's just a hobby. And we're not, we're not designed to help those kinds of folks. So um, a lot of times people would ask, you know, uh, just tell me what do I need to do? Oftentimes, people also wanted to know um, really basic things like, how do I manage cash flow? And how do I find customers? And how do I price things? And, you know, the sort of basics that if you take some business classes and you read books or you get an MBA, you get acquainted with these things, you know, with strategies for finding customers and strategies for doing pricing. But most people don't have time for that. Most people don't have time to go to Stanford or Harvard or some other, you know, great place to get an MBA to start a business, which is why we started in BizWorks, so that we could give people a quality professional experience that would help them learn how to think like entrepreneurs while they were building their very own businesses. So, so can you talk about like, for example, who would be your ideal customer for BizWorks? So, um, my ideal customer for InBizWorks is actually, a, there's two parts to that question, okay? Okay. For, first of all, what we want to do is we want to provide this to anybody who wants to be able to start and grow a business. So um, that's in the world of uh, software business, that's going to the direct market. In other words, 
you know, putting out a product that anyone can sign up on a membership basis and make use of. But the way that I see InvisWorks getting started is to partner with organizations like business accelerators, like entrepreneurship programs, um, like uh, uh, nonprofit lenders, organizations that are, they, their mission is to help cohorts of people start and grow businesses. So our rollout strategy is really about to partner with some of those organizations that have members, that have a vested interest in uh, bringing cohorts of people through their programs so that they learn how to start and grow businesses. That's our ideal customer is right now. Smart organizations that realize having a software platform that complements their accelerator or their incubator program, those are the kinds of organizations that we're seeking to work with right now. Okay. So how does it work? Like, for example, I have a business. I come to you. So what kind of uh, help or things you could do to help me increase my business? For sure. So um, in BizWorks is really designed for to help people start businesses. Okay. 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 So the way that that works is that when you sign up for InvisWorks, uh, first of all, the heart of the whole program is called the Startup Roadmap. And it's, an, it's like an interactive game where that leads you from the very beginning to um, a 10-step program that um, helps you sort of uh, piece by piece build the foundation of your business. It starts out with the fundamental question of why the heck, Mark, do you want to start a business in the first place? Because oh my God, let's just, do a, let's just do a case study. I love these things. Why the hell do I? <laughs> What's your why? That's where okay. we start because, you know, the truth of the matter is, and you know this, um, it, it's hard to get things off the ground. So being connected to your values and your ultimate reasons for why you want to do something, that helps keep you strong, you know, while you uh, hit, while you encounter adversity and while you encounter setbacks. So we help people identify those things. Like, say, for example, one of the reasons why I started in BizWorks is because I have an 11 year old daughter. I want to teach her that there are many alternatives to earning a living besides working for another company. And she's already kind of an entrepreneur in her way anyways, but watching me build this company and bring people in and do all these cool things, it totally inspires her too. So that's one of my whys is I want to succeed for my daughter because I want to show her that entrepreneurship works. That's the kind of thing that we want to elicit from people because then when you're building um, and you're growing and you have to make difficult decisions, you have your values and your why to fall back on to sort of act as your compass. Then um, we also take people through a business validation process where if you have an idea for a business um, through a series of like sort of games and questions and uh, different types of uh, solutions, we basically ask them to think about, okay, so who else is doing what you're doing? What are they good at? What could you do better? Um, who are your colleagues? Who are other businesses that you could partner with? Because business is a team sport, right? And so when you can find partners that can help you get into a market or to find customers, that makes you stronger. Um, and I think one of the kindest things that we do is that we provide a little bit of a, of a financial section. We call it the friendly financial section. We don't introduce any accounting concepts or any sort of like you know, we don't want people to feel ignorant if they don't know how to read a spreadsheet or a balance sheet. But we ask them about simple things like, how are you going to make money? And, you know, what kind of costs do you have? And 
what kind of startup that costs are you going to have and what kind of ongoing costs are you going to have. And then when they input those things, we do all the hard work behind and we annualize that. So we give a person a picture of what does their business look like in terms of the numbers over an entire year. We estimate what their taxes are going to look like. Um, like I said, we annualize their costs so that we, so that they see at the end of the year, this is what your gross net's going to, this is what your gross revenue is going to look like. This is what your taxes might look like. And this is what you might end up with at the end. In other words, your total earnings. And oftentimes people are really surprised because they forget that, you know, if they make something and they sell it for 10 bucks, they think, oh, I got 10 bucks. But, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> figure about 30% of that goes to taxes right off the top, you know, and then that maybe that thing cost you, uh, seven bucks because you weren't really thinking about your pricing. And, um, and then you also have to ship it. Um, and you know, next thing you know, you, <laughs> unless you price things properly, you know, you may not be making any money at all. Yeah, so yeah, we're helping them think end up that. like what 50 cents off the whole thing. And then it's like, uh, are you going to work for 50 cents per client? <laughs> but see, if you see that upfront, then you go, Oh, I need to adjust my pricing or, Oh, I need to go and reduce my expenses and get, uh, you know, if you play with that enough, then a person starts thinking like an entrepreneur, which is, um, well, I could say it's all about margins. It's all about making um, at least 70% or more on whatever your costs are going to be. That's a healthy margin. That's going to mean that you're going to be able to go and weather the ups and downs of all businesses. Um, you're going to be able to grow. You're going to be able to pay yourself a decent living. And uh, most of all, you're going to be sustainable so you can keep on doing Right. I mean, I think, is it possible, let me ask you this, to have that kind of percent uh, profit margin for somebody who has a physical uh, business, meaning they sell paint or plumbing or things of that nature as compared to digital? I know digital, you can go up to 95% profit, no problem. I have done that many times. But far uh -huh. as physical product goes, would it be possible to have that high okay, number? Okay, so... So when you have a brick and mortar, okay, mm -hmm. um, of course, uh, you're going to have some expenses that you never have to encounter just having a pure digital presence. Right. And uh, by the way, I wasn't suggesting 70 that you need to have a 70% profit margin. It's 30% is what you need to have. If you go below 30%, then you're going to be in trouble. Okay. So <clears throat> the way that businesses uh, typically survive in a in in a brick and mortar kind of situation is that number one, um, you have some products that you have high margins on, and some products you have low margins on. And very often, it's the low margin products that get people into your store, and it's the high margin products that actually make your money. Um, so that's one way to work. Another way that a lot of people who have brick and mortar stores is that they listen to their customers, they develop ongoing relationships and a kind of loyalty that um, really successful businesses, um, it's very hard uh, with a digital platform to gain that kind of loyalty because as social beings, we connect with people more than we do than through our computers. So um, yes, it is definitely possible to succeed with a brick and mortar uh, store, but you have to be much more careful um, because the truth of the matter is your expenses are going to be higher. So you need to make sure that you account for those expenses up front. You need to have a long enough runway 
Uh, that means cash on hand to get you through a period of time, at least six months. Um, my advice always when people are starting a new business is wait until you have at least six months of cash that you can live however you want to live, but make sure you pay your rent and make sure you pay for your insurance and your car payments and everything else. But six months of cash to live on at a minimum. Otherwise, you're just going to be running scared all the time. And the only caveat to that is um, you could tell me, you know, uh, forget about it, Marco, because I've got customers right now. And if that's the case, more power to you. Um, but for most startups, I would still say have that six month cash reserve so that that makes you strong. That gives you a, a strong foundation. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a 10x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to markkumar.com forward slash gift. Once again, the URL is markkumar.com forward slash gift. And in there, I have something that I really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster. Now, back to your episode I'm glad you said that is because I'm sure some people think they have a customers right now because some people told them, hey, if you get this product, X, Y, and Z, I will pay for it or I will buy it. However, when you go to ask for the money, they're like, oh, I'll get back to you later or I don't have the funds right now. So what I call them is like a fake customer per se, you know. So what are your thoughts on that? Like if someone tells you, hey, come to your business, right? They ask you for this in this consultation or through your onboarding process. So I have customers right now and they're willing to pay for it. And then what, what do you suggest to them? Like, do they actually going to pay for it or they say they will, but they may not? Okay, so the way to deal with uh, finding out if you have real customers or not, <clears throat> first of all, is you have to start with people you don't know. Your friends and family are the most unreliable people to find out if you haven't got a good business idea. Because they will tell you, oh, yes, Mark, we love your business idea. You know, it's going to be really successful. Um, what you want to do is you want to, uh, you know, coffee shops are really great for this. Um, to go up and introduce yourself to a person and say, you know what, um, I noticed that you're using an iPhone and I'm thinking about starting a business that's gonna create brand new kind of iPhone cover. It's gonna be made of titanium, say. And um, I'm really, you know, can I ask you a couple of questions? Now, you know, most people are gonna give you their time and attention if you approach them in a respectful way. But the idea is whether you do it in a coffee shop or online or whatever, what you want to do is, first of all, engage that person who is a total stranger in your business idea and then say something like, so uh, we're thinking about selling this for $35. Does that sound interesting to you? And if they say, sure, then say, well, great. Can I give you a, could, can I take a pre-order? And you'll hear, you know, honestly what people will say. If it's a really dynamite product, then people will want to go and put it in a pre-order because who wouldn't want to have a titanium iPhone case? I would. I think it'd be super cool. Um, but 
if they're just being polite, then they'll say, I'll get back to you. Ah, da, 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 da. And so that means you need to find more people. In fact, we call this product market fit. It's the process of deciding whether or not your product really has a market. Um, if there's no market for your product, then you ain't going to have a business. That's the number one reason why most businesses fail, because people don't take the time to find out who is the right market for the product or service that you want to sell. That's really, the SBA is, has, has verified that the number one reason why most businesses fail, and about 50% of all startups fail within three years. It's a terrible figure, but that's the truth. Um, the number one reason is that people have not uh, done their research. They have not found a market. There's not a market for their product or service. That's a great, great point of view. Like before, like you said, do your market research. Make sure there's a client who are actually going to willing to pay for your product or services. Can we do mm -hmm. a small uh, case study here because you have been to like this uh, SBA uh, because you worked there for two years and you met with different business owners who were thinking about starting businesses so let's just pick mm -hmm. three random businesses and where would you recommend for those three random businesses that say where would you go to do your product research for example a car dealer a fitness and a photography so let's start with well, the car dealer first just just out of curiosity so if you're looking to do market research, um, there's the first thing that you want to do is you want to find other businesses that are already doing what you want to do. There's no better way to learn about the market than to find out who's successful at what you want to do. And I mean, if you're really smart, like if you're going to do car dealer, if you want to open a car dealership, the smartest thing you can do is go work for a car dealership. Learn about that business from the inside. Find out what works and what doesn't work. And all the time, you should be thinking about what can I do better? How can I serve people um, and provide more value? You know, what is it that I can do that will improve on everything that I'm seeing right now? You don't have to do it for long, you know, a month. Work for a month at a car dealership, and then you'll know a lot more about what customers for cars look like. Then what you want to do is you just want to, I mean, I, I think a lot of what a car dealership succeeds on is proximity to a, a market because, you know, people are going to come there and they're going to go and say, uh, you know, why would they buy there instead of, um, you know, any place else? And oftentimes, if it's a small car dealership, it goes back to that brick and mortar relationship thing. You want to uh, find a group of people and connect with them. Like there's a car dealership in Santa Fe um, and they have specialty cars that are kind of like uh, Volkswagen van campers and off-road Jeeps and stuff like that. And you go there because that person's not going to sell you a Subaru. That person's not going to go and sell you, you know, like uh, an economy car. They have done, they're in the, the used um, specialty car market. And so, I go by there all the time just because I'm a, a, a Volkswagen van enthusiast. I like to go by there just to see what they've got. And I'll sometimes stop and, you know, check things out. And I tell my friends if I see something cool. So that's the kind of market research I would do if I was going to uh, start up a car dealership. I would specialize. First of all, I'd go and work at a car dealership. Then I'd specialize. I'd find a particular area or a particular market that I think is underserved. And I would also choose a niche of a kind of vehicle. Um, and, you know, have my dealership be known for that niche so that I could develop a personal relationship with my market so that 
when people wanted the kind of vehicle that I had, whether it's, you know, recreational vehicles or let's just say super cheap vehicles or whatever that they would come to me. That is a genius idea. I think I would just label that business hacking. Go work for a successful business that's already doing pretty good. Go work with them. Number one, you get to make money while you work with them. Number two, you get to learn the secret from inside actually what's happening. That is true. Mm -hmm. Business hacking. I think that's what I call it, business hacking. There you go. Thank you for sharing that. It's like, wow, that's genius. Well, you know, I wasn't kidding when I talked about that model of learn while you earn. There's a lot of different ways to learn things. And an education takes many different forms. And the best education is where you get really good information and you make really good contacts and you get paid in the process. Yeah, genius. Like, wow, it doesn't get any better than that. It's truly genius. So, so genius things that you have done all these things. So what are some of the things you like when you finally figured that one thing out and how did you feel at that time that you were working towards it for so long? Are you talking about in developing in BizWorks? In, in business, anything in general that you were okay. like, you're working for so long and you're like, I, I'm hitting roadblock. I'm hitting roadblock. I'm hitting roadblock. They finally, boom, it kicked it in. Mm -hmm. So two things come to mind, Mark. Um, okay. When I told you that um, instead of going to code in BizWorks, I decided that I needed to do what I always advise people to do, which is to work with your customers, you know? So I was actually kind of practicing what I was preaching there. I went and took a job with the SBDC so I could work with my future customers, you know, work with uh, small with people to start and grow businesses. But I wasn't really getting traction. I wasn't really feeling like I was mastering what I was doing until one afternoon, um, and it was slow that day, I started sketching. I'm a visual thinker. And I realized that what I was sketching was a roadmap. And that roadmap became a blueprint for my entire software platform. It was kind of like a start from zero and uh, go through 10 steps where if somebody went through those 10 steps, they would end up with a solid little business. And by a solid little business, I mean a business that is not going to start causing you problems as soon as you start earning a dollar. It's a business that has all of the pieces that a smart business person has in place, like a business bank account, um, like uh, creating an entity for their business. Did you know, Mark, that if you don't start an entity, and by an entity I mean an LLC, um, a C-Corp, or an S-Corp. Those are the, the three entities that I would recommend. If you don't create an entity, then that means that if your business makes a mistake, let's say somebody trips when they come to the door of your store, or let's say somebody um, takes your uh, advice and um, makes builds something or something like that and, and, that, and it wipes them out financially, they could sue you. And they could also sue you and take all of your personal assets because there's no structure to your business. So no matter if you call yourself, um, you know, Whoopi Cushion Incorporated, uh, Incorporated, if you aren't really incorporated, if you don't really have a legal entity, then all your personal assets are at risk. So I always advise people to go through these various steps that create the difference between a sole proprietor who is basically completely um, vulnerable 
to any sort of legal action and financial action if you take all their personal assets and instead create an entity that helps protect their personal assets, separate their personal assets from their business assets and their personal liabilities from their business liabilities. So you asked me like, what was the aha moment for me? It was building that, uh, drawing that roadmap. Suddenly I realized I had a, um, a construct that I could share with people. And so I actually did. I started like when customers, when clients would come into the SBD side, I said, okay, so you want to start a business? Well, I've got this little roadmap here. Would you check it out and see if it's useful? And they go, wow, that's really neat. It's just like, I can see how I just put all these pieces. I do this here and I do that there. And then after that, I do this. And suddenly the chaos was, you know, cohesive and they were able to like use that roadmap and start and we could work together. And so that became the aha moment for my InBizWorks uh, platform. And it became sort of like the heart of the whole thing. And it gave me that vision and that idea and that structure for how to go and build out the whole platform. Oh, that is so inspiring and awesome. And I'm sure you have mastered that like down to the T and people who are going to get with you, they're going to get the polished, the masterpiece that has been like polished for years. And like when they actually follow step by step, they're going to see and actually get the results that they're hoping for. So where can people find you or get in touch with you so that way you can help them create their business? Absolutely. You can go to InBizWorks.com. That's I-N-B-I-Z, InBizWorks. We think of it as the build a business place on the internet. It's where people go and they learn how to build their own businesses. And wait, that's not all. There's also a community that you join. When you become a member of InBizWorks, there's uh, forums and special groups and a job board and a timeline. It's like having a little Facebook right there inside of InBizWorks so that you can connect with people who are more experienced entrepreneurs. You can post questions. Um, you can get answers to your questions. You can even sell your services or post a job. So it's really like the idea is that it's a little entrepreneurship community. And um, yeah, InBizWorks.com. Oh, that's amazing, man. I wish I was like when I was starting my own online businesses kind of thing, wish I had that because I can guarantee you once you start your online business or entrepreneurship, you are going to have like gazillion questions that you never thought you would even think about it, especially having that kind of community is truly going to be helpful for everyone who gets in touch with you and becomes part of your community. So Marco, thank you so much for being on my show today. I truly appreciate it. I know everyone who listens to it, they will appreciate the valuable information you shared today. And I just like to always leave the last part of this particular interview to give you the final stage to say whatever you want to say or share any information that you want to say in regards to your business, personal life, whatever stage is all yours hey mark thank you so much i really have enjoyed the questions you've asked and you have great energy and i'm sure that you're doing a great service by providing this kind of information to people through your podcast um i think the last thing i'd like to say is uh, kind of like how i started if you've ever wanted to start a business there's no better time than now you know with 40 million people out of work in our country we know that things are not going to return to normal. 
normal, what does that mean in our economic sense? So many of the businesses that we thought were stable, so many of the business sectors that we thought would endure forever, they've all changed. But what has not changed is that people need goods and services. And entrepreneurs are the people who identify what those opportunities are and figure out a way to deliver them. In BizWorks is a platform that can help you succeed. You know, I pointed out earlier that um, every year, about a million businesses are started in the United States. And every year, about 500,000 businesses fail. Usually it's within about three years, but it's about a 50% failure rate. And there's only one thing that makes a big difference, and that is, did the business get the support and resources it needed when it got started? In the business development world, we call that incubation. And there's actually formal business incubators and accelerators, usually at colleges and universities and offices of economic development that help people start and grow businesses. This increases your chances by 84%. Now in BizWorks can meet you wherever you are because it's on the internet. It's available 24 seven, 365 days a year, a personal business incubator that can help you start and grow your businesses and beat the odds and have a much better chance of having a successful business. Your success is our success. So we look forward to working with you. Let's get started. All right, let's get started, guys. Go away, check it out, and get with Marco. He's going to help you with this profitable business. It sounds like one of those shark tanks. Are you ready to get with me, sharks? <laughs> yeah, but there's no shark tank here. We want to help everybody succeed. <laughs> exactly. This is like the better version of the shark tank where everyone's Right, it's the enlightened version. Exactly. All right, Marco, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you too.